Hi, this is Kylie, and you're listening to episode 30 of Fixer Up. If this is your first time listening to me, welcome. I'm glad you're opening yourself up to the possibilities. If you've listened to other episodes and decided to come back, there is a distinct possibility that I'm going to interrupt our regularly scheduled program to talk about something else. Chances are 100%. 100. <laughs> okay, I just finished reading this book, which for me right now is a small miracle because my jobby job, this passion project that I love to call Fixer Up, because it's called Fixer Up, <laughs> my life, my family, all of these things are keeping me super, super busy on my toes at all times. So I finished a book, a Small Miracle. The book is called Life Disrupted by Tracy Baldwin. If you heard my last episode, I talked a little bit about a chapter entitled Let Go and Make Space, which was super poignant for me and some stuff I'm dealing with with my sister right now. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, I digress. I always digress. I'm sure you guys are used to that by now. <laughs> so today, I am joined by the author of Life Disrupted, Tracy Baldwin. Yay! Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here too. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to come all the way up north to my house. <laughs> Because I don't know how to do this on Zoom yet. <laughs> That's okay. I, you know, it's fun to do this in person and be live in your home studio. <laughs> AKA my dining room that I don't eat at. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very nice. We have some lovely light and plants and it and your cat. It's It's really homey. I love it. Oh, thank you. So that you guys have a little bit of history of how I know Tracy. I know Tracy through none other than Rico. Yay! I'm sure you all remember Rico. He's been a friend for a very long time, and he's been on... I was trying to count it. I think he's been on five different episodes with me. As like different He's amazing. Things. He like, has so much energy. He does. Like, it, it totally amazes me. And then we actually sit down together and have, like, creative, like, kind of, like, vibing sessions. And he's like, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this. And then I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> And you even haven't started doing the things yet. Yeah. Just talking about them is exhausting. I know. I'm like, you're making me so tired. Yeah. So you used to work with him, right? I did. I did. We worked together downtown at a nonprofit. Um, It was a medical association. And he is an amazing person. And I really enjoyed working with him. He has so much positive energy. And like you said, he's always kind of on a different level of being so positive and just always has tons of ideas and he's just so fun to work with. I don't know where he gets his energy. Like, I don't. It's like seriously. It's innate. It's God given or someone gave it to him, but he he's amazing. It is. It's great. So the place that you worked with him at, was that one of the places that you talked about in your book? Maybe. There's just a curious. little bit. Yeah, there's. You yeah. don't have to tell yes, me. Yes, it's mum's the word, but yes, maybe. I will say maybe. A definite <laughs> strong possibility that it's in there <laughs> we'll just say that <laughs> okay that that sounds like it's a maybe so as i mentioned i really really liked your book and i actually read it twice through like so i read it the first time just kind of to get the vibe of it mm -hmm. and then i went through it again and read it and like took a bunch of notes all over the place because i really wanted to like read it and see like what i could take out of it and i thought it was i thought it was a really good book 
Like it was really easy to read. I did a couple chapters at a time just to give myself like time for it to soak in, you know, Um, and I I thought it was great. And I think there's different parts of it that can appeal to different people at different stages of their life. So like if they're shifting or something, you know, absolutely. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and why you wrote it? Sure. So it's called Life Disrupted, Finding Your Way Forward When the World is Upside Down. I wrote it after kind of during COVID, I guess. Um, I experienced uh, what I call a stop sign in life. And we all have them, whether it be um, a death, a relationship breaking up, a sickness, losing a job, um, burnout or breakdown. Um, There can be lots of different things that cause us to hit a stop sign. And when I hit my stop sign, I fell apart. I really did. And so I, at that point of hitting that stop sign, I said, okay, I can't, it was during COVID and I couldn't really go somewhere to get better, if you will, and work on myself and work on what I needed to work on. I also have a family with three, um, a teen or two teens and a tween. So I couldn't, we were all doing remote school at home and I just couldn't leave. So I thought I took, um, FMLA from work, which is the mm-hmm. family medical leave act, and you can take time for anxiety. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't know that. So That's many awesome people know. didn't know, don't know that. And you can, I got a doctor's note and I took that time to heal myself. And so this book is kind of the outcome of that. The things that I did and learned after hitting that stop sign and um, what I did to build myself back up. So I thought I get very vulnerable with my own story, but I also have stories of other people too who have hit stop signs. But I really wanted to put something out there that I wish I would have had when I was going through what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. I was actually looking for something like recipe to rebuild after breakdown <laughs> there's no book out there called that not even so on amazon or when you know and so there's a lot of books you know there's a ton of self-help books out there and they just weren't they just weren't right i did read a lot when i was uh, away on my three-month adventure at home by myself i mean my family was still there but um i did take time it was almost like a job you know i read books i did a whole bunch of stuff which i put in the book but so this book and i'm so glad you said that you um took a lot of notes because it's really meant to be kind of like a workbook where you mm-hmm. it's it's a scaffolding if you will um a template for you to kind of figure out what kind of things you need to do to live a more resilient life Mm -hmm. Um, so that when life stop signs come, they don't knock you out. Maybe they knock you down, but they won't knock you out. So that's a long-winded way of saying what the book is about. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like my recipe book and gift, if you will, to others to help them through hard times. I think it was I think it was really brave that you put your shit out there because you really did. You put a lot of stuff like very personal stuff, you know, I I think that's really brave. And I think it's important for people to hear it. Yeah, I did. And it was really difficult for me to do. And when I wrote the book, I had a really hard time writing it. Like I would wrestle with it because I didn't want to go there. And, And when I was writing the book, I had to go back in time to the the places and people of hurt, you know, yeah, the places like of hurt. Yeah. And I, it was hard to go back to that yeah. when I had already kind of moved past that. And um, so, yeah, it's hard to be vulnerable. And, you know, people usually in this day and age only want to put their best foot forward. They don't want to show all their 
bad stuff. They're mu- yeah. Yeah, they're muck. They're yeah, guck they're muck. and they're yuck. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so a lot of people have said to me, oh, that's so brave of you, which is like code word, like I would never put that shit out there. Um, <laughs> but good for you that you did. Um, no. Yeah. But I also, I wanted other people to feel like they weren't alone or they were the only ones going through those things or thinking those things because you're not. You know, like I, I had and have anxiety. Um, I'm a lot in depression, but I'm much better than I was. But I just... in especially during the pandemic, the rates of people experiencing those things was through the roof. Yeah. And so I just wanted to normalize it a little bit too, Mm -hmm. um, to say like, hey, I thought these things, but look at me, I am okay now. And you can be okay too. And it's okay to be imperfect. Right. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a, a big point in the book. You know, I say I'm perfectly imperfect and I live in the messy middle. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's more of a book for people who are like um, trying to reinvent themselves or just trying to search for like what's your ideal reader or is there no ideal reader? No, I think there is. I mean, I, it really can be for anyone, right, who wants to build, have kind of like a template to build a more resilient life. And I say, find joy in the journey. Mm-hmm. I don't think happiness is a destination. I think a lot of us, especially maybe in America, say like, I'll be happy when, insert, right. I have the car, I you know graduate from college, I marry the right person, I have the baby. I, you know, There's always like happiness put on a destination versus being happy in that moment in the messy middle. And mm-hmm. so I think it's to help I never learned some of this stuff in, I don't know, growing up. You know, I just really just did well in school. I, it was more academic focused, mm-hmm. my upbringing. And it was always like, get good grades, and then you'll go to a good school, and then you'll get a good job, and then everything, you know, everything okay. then you can just write your ticket. Everything's going to be great. You're going right. to be in the land of happiness. And that's... Which is bullshit. Right. It is bullshit. bullshit. And you can do all those things, but I think there's another huge, you know, there's a whole person there, right? And I gave up, I ignored myself a lot to to kind of go after what my mind thought was the right thing to do. And so I would say the other kind of audience I'm writing it for in a lot of ways is women and working women who've been told their whole lives, like, just work hard and you can have it all. And right. it's a big fat lie because working hard is part of it, but yes. it's not all of it. Right. And so, yeah, so I would say, I just want there to be more honest conversations um, about supporting women in the workplace. Yeah, and I that think, can, that, I think that's a important. lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's important because, you know, we all go through different stuff. Yeah. You know, and even though, you know, I've gone through different stuff, but I I went through the chapters and I really was trying to see like, okay, how could I apply this to my life? And and I've taken different roads. Like I've quit the big job and did other things and went to different countries mm-hmm. and, you know, but I was like, okay, I need to do this for myself to see if I can do this. And if, if I really have the balls to do this and do I really want to help people, can I do it? Right. You know? Right. But I had to leave corporate America to get it done. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. But then, okay, so let's take that. Like, you know, we're told, I think a lot lot of people now are saying that there's like the great resignation post-COVID where people really had the time to think about their jobs and their life and and say, okay, I only have one life and, you know, time's ticking and so I'm going to quit, right? The great resignation. 
But it's like where, um, what kind of support do you have to do that outside of your determination to do it? Yeah. Like, right? Like, you don't really think, right. And so I think that this book, and there's lots of other things out there too, but can help you have that framework to live the life that you really want to live. Yeah, I think it's, I think it was really good. So, and I like the way that you grouped everything together because, like, I think it was very succinct and, like, there's basically like just you had a few sections and and it was very like to the point which for me as somebody who's very very time focused you know I work I work on the podcast I eat I watch an hour of Jessica Fletcher on TV a day and that's it and I sleep and I work out a little bit like yeah or the family or whatever so it was very well grouped and I appreciated the fact that it was succinct to add like not a lot of fluff. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of fluff. So my background, I went to school for journalism, even though I didn't end up being a journalist. Um, and I think this is my way of coming back to that. But my way of writing, I think, is very succinct, more like a journalist. And so there's a, there's a lot of my own experience and other people's experiences. But then there's also a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is there's very tactical um, solutions, I would say, or tactical things you can do right now to make changes in your life. I I give a lot of examples and ideas, but then I say, okay, here are my ideas and examples. Now, what do you want to do? And that's where kind of the workbook part Mm -hmm. comes into it. The other thing I would say with the grouping, it's it's kind of funny because I was going to be a teacher also. Um, (laughs) All the things Tracy was going to do, but didn't do. Um, I thought I was going to be a teacher too. And then I had to do it in the Peace Corps. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so I student. I actually I did student teaching in the U.S. in Indiana, and I went to England, and it was great fun. I was in a primary school, so I had I guess it would be equivalent of middle schoolers, which is also a very interesting age. Um, and I had high school seniors here, but I just felt at the time that it wasn't. Um, Those are tough ages. <laughs> they are tough ages, but I felt too close in age to them, and like I didn't have enough life experience to really be their teacher. And so I thought, well, maybe someday I'll come back to it. And so okay. I think how I. Explore that part of me that teaching the mentor is by in this book. You know, like I wanted to really help people understand, you know, practical things they could do. And then the other part of it is that I'm a marketing communicator. So I'm always trying to think about ways that to make things memorable Mm -hmm. through writing. And so the outline that I did was a stop, look, listen. Um, So stop is a stop sign you hit. And then look is, you know, I have kind of three areas. So look within look outside of yourself and then look beyond and then listen to yourself, Uh listen to others and then listen to the great beyond. And then as you know, as we were talking kind of earlier, the last bit of it is to let go so that you have room for this new stuff that you've just learned and you can start to practice it. And then it's kind of like you just keep doing it over and over and over again. I don't think it's like it's you read the book and you're done. It's kind of like it's a practice, right? Like you always are trying to do the best you can do and be present. And you're always <laughs> as hard as it is to find joy in the journey, like in the everyday uh-huh. and, and find those little spots so that I think, I don't know, you'll just, I think overall just be, I don't want to say happier because that sounds so trite, but just I think when you can be more present and more in touch with who you're supposed to be, I think you just live uh, in a more positive way, in a more fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. I think I like that better than saying, you'll be happy. <laughs> I think a lot of people are happier than they think they are. Right. You know, like, I mean, I, even with the 
the pipe that burst and my house being destroyed and water I got last week and all the shit and my sister not being well and the family being crazy and right, you know, and all the other stuff. I still have a really good life. Right. And so it's like reframing it, right? It's hard to, I think it's hard for people to see that. Right. But I think there's so many things. And I mean, this kind of brings me to my next thing. So I'm always trying to find something that is beautiful. And like, I take a lot of pictures. I live close to the beach. So I go to the beach all the time and I take pictures and I send pictures to my friends and say, Hey, here's the beach today. I hope you have a good day or whatever. Here's some flowers. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm doing the things, you the know, things. I'm doing the things like I'm yeah. walking in nature. I'm meditating. Right. I'm journaling. I'm right. going to therapy. I'm doing all the, the things, things. The things. Right. And I'm still breaking. Right. Like, and I can see it. Like right. like last week I was like, there's the crack, Kylie. The crack is coming. Oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> but I can see it and I, I can recognize it. Yeah. But then for somebody who's doing all the things. And you're still. What else can I possibly do? Because, girl, I mean, nothing is broken. Knock on wood. Yeah. It, I haven't broken yet. Right. But I feel like. You could. I'm on the verge. So. <laughs> so, I mean, I know, I know you're not a therapist. But yeah, as somebody who's no, gone through, through as no. much as you've gone through. Right. Like woman to woman. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing I do besides pop a bunch of gummies. Because that's not working either. So here's what I would say. Because you also said like earlier, like, why did you write the book? And was it hard? And I'm like, yes, because I'm not a therapist. You know, I'm just a person who is in this world like everyone else trying to do the best that I can. And so there was a lot of imposter syndrome. I, I have that all the time right, with, with the a podcast. podcast. Right. And so I just think we all have a story and let's share our stories and maybe we can learn from one another. So what I would say to you under that context is the things that you're doing keep doing you know like you like you haven't broken that's awesome right right yeah yeah and then i'd also say like reframe some of the the stuff that's happening in your life and think about like what is going good right like just like force yourself to kind of turn it on its head a little bit and say okay but that's all happening but what good has come out of this or what is outside of this that is good mm-hmm. so that you can concentrate on some like you still have a house you still have a job that you can pay for your I house do, and, and so like kind of and so just reframing it and bringing yourself down a few levels so that you can just maybe get to a point where you laugh at it and say like you know what it really is trivial trivial in the big you know in the big scheme, picture in the big yes. picture in the big scheme of things but I think it's also you know it's okay to f- feel pissed or sad or mad or down like sit in those feelings for a while and just let yourself feel it, you know, yeah. or cry about it or throw something at the wall or whatever it is. Yeah. Like your emotions are valid. And I think a lot of times when bad things happen to people, they just stuff it down and like, I'm fine. Right. no, this doesn't bother me. Like, no, no I've, there was right. Like the first three months after the, after the water did not stop coming down. I cried every day. But it was like five minutes bursts. Right. So you, you let know, it out. Like, you felt, and then and then you moved on because right. I think like, I emotions, back. <laughs> emotions are is energy in motion. So you let it flow, and then it the moment passes. It's right. not a forever moment. No. And I would say that even about when I was feeling down and bad, it's not forever. It's a moment in time. And does it feel bad? Yes. And do I want to feel that way less? Yes. yes. 
but I validate those feelings. And then the other thing I would say is ask yourself why, like reflect kind of like, why do I feel so bad? Why do I feel like I'm going to break? What is it? And evaluate all the things that you think are going to make you break. And you can evaluate it through journaling, talking to a friend, just sitting there and thinking about it. I think it's it's like the monkey mind. So I read a book, and I have it in my book too, is Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk, and he talks mm-hmm. about the monkey mind and like how I mean, your thoughts are always spinning, spinning, spinning. And this is where actually meditation helped me. I do the Calm app, which it's only 10 minutes a day. But it's like we are not our thoughts. Right. We are the person who observes our thoughts. So how can you get to a place to kind of calm yourself down, right? And like step back from it and look at the situation objectively. Like you're a third person looking in on your life. Mm -hmm. And then so when you detach, I think you kind of, the, the emotion kind of separates a little bit. You maybe feel a little bit better. You give yourself space and then maybe it feels a little more bearable. So that's the other thing I was going to say too is like, Try to evaluate your day, your life, whatever, and look for ways to give yourself breathing space. Like where can you have those like check-ins where those things that you say you're doing all the things, but are you doing them enough? You know, right. like maybe you're like, yeah, I did it for five. I did my walk for five minutes and I did my bath and I did uh-huh. my workout. But maybe you need a whole day to do a work, you know, or right. like go for a walk or get away or whatever. But like and so when I the, when I kind of had the outline of the book, it's it's like look inside of yourself and have a better body mind connection. Look outside of yourself. Be connected with other people because people need people. And then I said, look beyond. And then the spirituality part, like there is a force greater than us. There's energy in the universe. There's, you know, people believe in God. I believe in God. You know, there's some kind of spirituality. I call it the universe. The universe, right. So the universe, whatever it is. But there is, I think, something greater than that. But I would say lean into, I hate that term, but I would I'll just use it now. Lean into your body-mind connection. And your body is telling you, Hey, Kylie. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I'm about ready to burn out here. I don't know what you're doing over there, but I'm about yeah. ready. And then, so stop. that's your stop sign. You're, Bitch, you're about to burn out. Yeah. So I would say, listen, it's valid. You yeah. know, like you don't need me to tell you what to do. Like your body, it's you telling are telling feel. you like this stuff that you've been doing is not enough. The therapy's not enough. The walk's not enough. Okay. And then you, so you say like, okay, what do I do? I'm actually going to leave town next week. <laughs> There you go. But maybe that's what it like, is. I need to get out of here right. for and a few I, days. And I knew that, like, I guess after, like, my breakdown, um, burnout, I did that. Like, I knew intuitively I couldn't do it anymore. I was mm-hmm. going to, like, break and go to bad places. And so I stopped my life. And it was hard and it was embarrassing and it was I was ashamed and all of that. But sometimes you just need to listen to yourself. Like, yeah. yourself is telling you. You need to do that. You need to like put the brakes on and regroup. And so I would say, you know you the best. So listen to you. So I'm, I guess, parroting you. Yeah. Kylie, <laughs> slow down and listen. Slow like down. if you're, I mean, if you're telling me you're doing all the things and you're about to break, burn out and break down, then stop. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. And I'm like, what else could I, you know? Right. But I, I had this thing in my head and, and actually my, my boss to his credit was like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm burning out. Like I'm burning yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. And he's like, what can we do? And I'm like, well, right now I don't have a floor. So right now I'm not going anywhere because I've got cats. Mm-hmm. So when mommy right. has a floor and when mommy has walls and when things are a little bit calmer, 
and then when mommy can leave, mommy's going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm well, like, and I don't know how long that'll be, but I'm leaving. And he's like, okay. And I think, <laughs> though, when, you know, it sounds so preposterous, people are like, oh, I can't do that. But what is the opposite if you don't do that? If I don't do that, my ass is going to break. Right. <laughs> right. And then maybe it doesn't break in the sense of, like, you just can't get up off the floor, but maybe you get sick. Or, yeah. No, or, like, I, I, just I'm high. You... I'm high functioning. Like, you yeah, seem yeah. to be very high functioning. Yes. I've been high functioning stressed for years. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, you know, during my divorce, I was losing my hair. That's right. what was happening. So is your body was My body's me. like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. So is your hair. It's going to go away now. <laughs> and I was like, what the? Right. Like, and that shocked me when I saw yeah. the perf- before pictures that the, oh my God. you know, like the Cassandra, my hairstyles would be like, here's the before. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened to my hair? And she's like, oh, you just have these little spots. And I'm like, oh. and it was like. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. It's so funny because you think you're pulling one over on yourself. Like, no, I can still do this. I'm fine. I can do it. I'm going to power through it. And your hair is like, no, uh, no. No, we're no, just no, going to put no. a couple more of those bald yeah, spots Yeah, like there. how many more hairs do you need to lose before you listen to yourself here? You know, like, stop. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's interesting because I think our bodies will tell us. Yeah. We just need to listen, Right? Yeah, Our bodies tell me. us. And so I think like getting more in touch with yourself and your intuition, your body, you know, you have that, like, it's like, like tapping into your sixth sense. Like another book I read actually after I wrote everything was Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Okay. Which is an awesome book, which I recommend. Um, I've listened to her podcast. It's a good podcast. So good. Yeah. But she talks about intuition and listening to yourself and listen to your, your body doesn't lie. And so I would just say if your body is talking to you and you're feeling a certain thing, right. then you stop and say, huh, you notice. That's what they say in yoga practice. Like, notice how you're feeling. They just right. notice. So I would say, notice what's going on. Mm-hmm. Why is it happening? And what will make you feel better then too? Right. Yeah. And go and try to do that as best you can. Yeah. I mean, I need to win the lottery or something because it's just me. <laughs> I've got to pay my mortgage. So yes, I, gotta I win know, the but I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think that's it. And I, I think so. Here's the other part of it, and this is maybe more work you have to do: is look into like, well, why do you feel that way, right? right. And why do you feel like you have to be this high functioning? And you're in finance, like working 70 hours a week to pay the, like, do you really have to do that? Or could you quit and move somewhere else and work at Starbucks? And would that be okay too? Yeah. You know, like, and why, and if the answer is no, I can't do that. Well, why not? And yeah. I'm not, I don't have the answers, but it's just like how, just like kind of thinking through all the different scenarios that could get you down to a more, more livable level. And honestly, I think, I mean, I, I'm in my fifties. Mm-hmm. Early 50s. Me went, too, girl. Okay, girl. <laughs> um, and I, you know, have gone through the change of life. I have um, not. And it's like, and I'm getting anxiety now. <laughs> I didn't even get anxiety during COVID. And now I have more anxiety. And it could be because of that, right? Or and, it could just be because my life's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, or it could be because of that. Or it could be both of it. <laughs> it could be all of it. But I think there is a big thing there. And so it's like you're reevaluating. Your body is changing. Your situation is changing. Like you're just older. You have a different mm-hmm. view on life. You're in a different place. And and so, yes, life is going to change. It's just It just is. And so that is scary. Yeah. So then what do you do with that? Right. And how do you make it more bearable, livable so that not that y- you are happy, but so it's a, at a more bearable 
Like, content. Yeah, content. Like, how can you be more content? I'm content. Even with all the bullshit, I'm still content. Yeah. So, So I know I'm okay. Yeah. Like, at the core, I know I'm okay. That's good. But it's, like, the days where I'm like, you know, or... And then the other thing is, like, lean... So, I say, like, look into your body, listen to your body, what it's telling you. And then, like, lean into people. Connect with others. One thing I found in the book, like, and people know that. Like, people need people. Like, Mr. Rogers says, look for Mm -hmm. the helpers. Um, but I found research that said if people are lonely or don't have other people in their lives, it's as bad as smoking like seven packs of cigarettes a day or some it's, kind of. It's ridiculous. crazy. It's so bad for your health. And, pe- and when you put it in those terms, you're like, whoa, maybe yeah. I do. And some people are like, I just don't. I'm fine. I'm an introvert. Okay. But you still need to be connected somewhere, somehow to other people. We're just, right. It's our species. We're humans. That's just how we were wired. And right. so I would say also to you. You know, who are your people? And it could be friends, family, whatever. I, I wrote people down in the margins of the book. <laughs> Rico, Rico was one of them. Uh, aw, Rico, Rico's if you're my, listening, Rico's you're my so person. Um, yeah, he's smiling right now if he listens to this. Oh, he he's totally like, listens to it. He gives me all this feedback. Oh, and does he? gives he? me all these ideas that, he's, that I'm tired. Oh, I love it. <laughs> he's so loved. You're so yeah. loved, Rico. He is. people. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed yeah. the difference, you know, like... I mean, so that kind of leads right into the next thing. So, you know, I, I talked in the last episode about forgiveness and about the stuff that you had in that chapter mm-hmm. about, you know, letting go and making space. And my sister doesn't have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she's designed her life that way through her choices. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it may, I feel terrible about it. But it, she doesn't have those people. And it makes me really sad for her. Mm-hmm. So I have to, like... I want to have more compassion for her. Mm-hmm. She drives me nuts because she's my sister. Right. <laughs> you know? She's your family. She's your blood. She's, yeah, she's my blood. She drives me a little crazy. But I have to find some way to forgive her. And I don't know. You know, I've been working on it for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, stuff's come up with her health. And it's just making me think more about things mm-hmm. and stuff. But you tied the forgiveness to, like, a spirituality thing. and And I don't. I've never really put those two together, mm-hmm. you know, and have you always thought that they're tied together or is it something that you learned through your research for the book or because you've said you're you're more of a religious person. Right. right. So I think if if you're a religious person and specifically Christianity, I mean, it's built around the idea of forgiveness, yeah. you know, that Jesus died for our sins. And so we're forgiven and it's more about us right but i think the whole tenant of forgiveness is something that is very it's it's supposed to be christian right yeah um and forgiving one another for their trespasses and right or jesus forgives us for our trespasses and we're supposed to forgive those who trespass against us it's, right right um, i know that from a yaz song by the way that's where i learned that <laughs> from a yaz song. not from it's church i i yeah. learned it from yaz yeah so um yeah, so it's part of the Lord's Prayer, and it's it's just, you know, kind of beaten into your brain as a Christian, I would say. And it's a really lovely tenant, and I think it can, and it can give you a lot of peace, I think, if you can actually practice it. Um, but... But it's hard. It is really hard. And so in the book, it kind of ended with this idea of letting go, and then forgiveness is the very, like, almost last chapter, 
And I was even surprised it was there. I don't know why it ended up there, but it just felt like a natural thing because I think we beat ourselves up so much. So there's a part of forgiving ourselves. Yes. So that for not being perfect, right? you know, and, and being a failure and all of that. So I think we need to forgive ourselves. And, um, and I guess that's kind of a new concept that I had to learn because I grew up as a Christian and I mm-hmm. beat myself up. I had really bad self-esteem, you know. And, um, did you have the Catholic guilt? Um, along the lines of that for sure. Okay. Um, and yeah, definitely guilty. So I was never good enough, you know, like I was always trying to please people and all that, but I think you just have to forgive yourself because you're not ever going to be perfect. You just aren't that we're not designed to be perfect. No one can be perfect. Right. Well, there is, there is no perfect. Yeah. Right. Right. And so just to like get that out of your head and, and forgive yourself, forgive yourself for mistakes you make or things that you say to people and and I think they'll hopefully forgive you too (laughs) goes two ways but then the other part of it is forgive others because I think when people wrong us or there's like especially I feel like breakups or maybe in a job people wronged you or in our political divisions now people are so angry they are you know and it just takes up a lot of space in your brain and a lot of emotion a lot of energy because remember i said emotions are energy in motion so that's a lot of energy that's being expended Mm -hmm. and if you can forgive then that negative energy kind of dissipates you're not thinking about it anymore you're not ruminating about it and maybe it's always there but it kind of goes off into the universe and right. you're able then if you can take if you let that go then you're open to receive abundance or positivity or other things mm-hmm. that maybe life has in store for you but if you're so stuck in this thing that is just bringing you down then you can't move to that better some people would say place. higher vibration or higher right. place or better thing that life has in store for you because you're still stuck in the muck mm-hmm over here. So I just felt like just through doing this book and, and looking at research, um, actually I just, I was talking to you about this. Yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> this morning I read an article, of, um, in the New York times that Harvard just had a conference, an interdisciplinary conference on forgiveness. I mean, how great is that? They had a yeah. whole conference on it. I would go, I would go to a bunch <laughs> of sessions about forgiveness. I would totally sign up for that. And so, and they have, I feel a, like they would also give you a hug afterwards. I know. They have a human flourishing program in which there is a director who co-authored a study on forgiveness and just came out. And they found that if you partook in this one exercise that you could have less stress and less anxiety and depression about all of the stuff that you were upset about. So they said that you write a story of a specific hurt that you want to forgive And then you write the story as an observer a second time without emphasizing how bad the wrongdoer was or how you felt victimized. And then you're supposed to look for three differences between the two versions. And if you do that, this Harvard study says, they did this against the control group, the people who did it, this was 4,600 people in five countries split in half. Wow. The people who did that had less anxiety, less depression, and felt more forgiving Wow. And felt better. Yeah. So um, so there's science behind it too now. It's not just yeah. something, you know, they say in focus, the focus. Bible or... <laughs> right. It's both. So, and I would say I've experienced it. You know, I feel 
better, lighter when I can forgive myself for sure. Yeah. You know, and I... Like I, I sit with it for a while, but then I'm like, okay, in a little while, I might feel better about yeah. this. Yeah, and I've done it with with different family members. You know, yeah. like I've specifically done it with my mom, and now I have a different relationship with her. And now it's like it's it's a weird because it's you know it's shifting because she's getting older and stuff right. like that. But I've I've long forgiven her for all of the bullshit, and I stayed away for a long time, mm-hmm. and now I've gone back. And it's totally different and we have a good time together and we laugh and when she's being an asshole, I'm like, You're being an asshole. She <laughs> don't like cut it out. But you just had it you guys were stuck. You know, like right? yeah, you we always were, loved each other even before yes. this. Yeah, we were stuck for a very long stuck. time. And so I think, especially in relationships, you have to get past the place of being stuck. And forgiving isn't condoning what they did to you. No, no. Right? And it, but it's just, it's letting it go and saying, okay, I see you have a point of view in this and I have mine. Right. I'm going to forgive you and try to see it from your point of view a little bit, even though I don't agree with it, but I'm going to, and I'm going to let it go. So you're replacing the ill will with goodwill. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people would, would be more content if they, if they tried to do it. And just try to see the different perspective of it. And I think there's probably benefit in that to to just try to think about what the other person is. It's so hard, though, because I you know? think hurt people hurt people. Yes, for sure. Right? And so I thought the in this article they had another exercise you could do um, to forgive someone. And I thought it was brilliant, which I need to do. Um, but they said to set up two chairs and pretend the offender is in one of them. And then you talk to the chair and describe what happened from your point of view and then you change it you switch it up and then you tell it from their perspective and pretend that you're sitting there in the empty chair and I was like whoa that's deep you know like why yeah that this... would be hard it would be really hard I'm um, trying to think if I could do that with my sister that would be really hard you know and I I don't I don't I don't know you know like I want to forgive her for myself Mm-hmm. I don't know if I will ever ask her to forgive me, mm-hmm. you know, just because I don't think she has the capacity mm-hmm. to understand it. So like with my mom, I didn't actually ask her to, and I, I never confronted her with anything. I never did any of that mm-hmm. because I, she doesn't have the capacity to understand it. And I know that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I studied psychology, all that stuff. I know she doesn't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. So, and she doesn't remember half of it. You know, so the forgiveness part was for me, you know, yeah, it's not, it I don't need you. to confront anything. And, and I, I don't think I would ever do that with my sister either. Like so confront here's what that I would part, say. You know? Here's what I would say. So my dad recently passed away like less than a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. And I have a divorced family. So um, he and my mom divorced when I was four and he along the way and it was more his fault so he along the way asked me for my forgiveness and I said okay. yes and he's asked my mom for forgiveness and my brother and we all said yes we forgive you well when he was um in his last week or so it seemed like he wouldn't let go because I don't think he forgave himself wow and so when so I guess that's I, tough right that's a lot yeah and so even though he was a Christian too right mm-hmm. so he has God's forgiveness, he has our forgiveness, but he didn't, he couldn't forgive himself. Wow. I think. Um, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm, but I'm yeah, perimenopausal, I cry yes, all the yes, yes. time now, Tracy. So I would say. <laughs> I, I, would, I, try, I cry all the time. So if you, 
you know, you could ask your sister for forgiveness and she says whatever she says. I but think unless, she'll look at me like, girl, don't worry about it. Our parents were crazy. Right. <laughs> like, but I then the question it. after that is, well, but do you forgive you? Maybe so, not. Yeah. And I thought and so I did, that's, but maybe that's there's part other of it. stuff So maybe it's like in, in this, the whole study I was talking about is like other people wronging you, but it's kind of interesting. I think a lot of people don't forgive themselves for things that they have done. And so, yeah, that's, that's hard and it's very deep. And so I think that's where you have, like, that's a big life thing. Like you have to forgive yourself in order, I think, to move on. Yeah. And I don't know how you do that, but I think you have to be at peace with it and yeah. just accept yourself as you are. We're all flawed and and be okay with it. And I think when you're a Christian, you can say, okay, God forgives me. So then, so then, then I, I can, can forgive, forgive myself. myself. But I guess if people don't believe in that, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how you get to that place. I'm, I'm just a lay person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a priest. Um, yeah. But I think it does, like, that's what I keep saying. Just, like, just give yourself a break. And I think more people, especially since COVID, COVID just royally effed everyone up, I think. I and mean, we all experienced collective trauma. We all lost something. Yeah. I think we're all. Whether you believed it or not. Right. Or, or did whatever, you, you still lost. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get to go somewhere. You didn't get to see people. Mm-hmm. Lost holidays birthday all of that kind of stuff we all lost something some people lost their lives some people lost their jobs some right. people lost their house whatever right but i think so i think because we had this collective trauma i think a lot of people are angry about it and that's why honestly i feel like and i talk a little bit about it in the book you know i think and there's some studies also and examples of how that is kind of true like gun sales are up violence is up uh, people are shooting each other i mean we've seen that you know in the news yeah. like people are just like next door neighbor wrong door and they get blown away like that just didn't happen really before so i think people are just really angry and upset and you know i think people just need to calm down yeah i think we have gone through this collective trauma and we're mm-hmm. all different from it mm-hmm and so that's why it's just like, I think we just all need to be gentle with ourselves and give ourselves a break. And as part of that is like forgiving yourself for whatever right. perceived wrongs. So I would say forgive yourself, Kylie. I'm trying, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I mean, this was heavy stuff. I know, it's so heavy. I'm sorry. No, but it it's is, great. It's to like, get that's why... to a, light, a lighter place. Yeah, that's why, place. that's why I thought the book was great. Like, I, I transition a lot. I move from one big thing to another, and that's just kind of how I function. Mm-hmm. That's and great my, and my admirable. Dad, my dad always says it to me. He used to say to me, I remember when I was like 30, he said, every four to five years, you go through a major life change, and that's just what you do all the time. And I'm... I'm right on schedule. <laughs> so I have another book. I'm just full of book recommendations. I'm reading Life is in the Transitions by okay. Bruce. I think it's Feeler. It's F-E-I-L-E-R. And he's written a couple other books. But he interviewed over, I think, 200 people who are going through life transitions. And like he like put them on little categories. Uh-huh. And he talks about it. You might really like that. You like the little categories and stuff? I do. I like the categories. It makes it, It's very good to compartmentalize for my brain. So it was it was really good for me um, just to see how other people dealt with life transitions because mm-hmm. you think oh I'm crazy my life's nuts and then you see some of these stories in there and you're like whoa okay 
I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Among other people. Among other people are doing the same thing I'm doing or a lot crazier. So um, it's really good because a lot of really kind of outlines the different types of transitions and why you go through them and what to do as you're going through them. So I would recommend that book. That's, I will definitely. In your spare time. (laughs) In in my spare time. I do have to, Rieger wrote a book, so I need to read his. All right. Yeah, so I need to, I need to read his. Rico. Yay, Rico. So I'm going to do his and he's going to be on podcast with me too. So I'm going to take notes all over it. I'm very excited. I love that. I'm very excited. I like to take notes. I have like a lot of highlighters and pencils and stuff. I'm still that weird kid from school that. But I think I'm that's very how it tactile. Yeah. Like I, that's how I learn it. Me too. I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, when they're, I don't even know, like at seminars and stuff, they'll be like typing on their computer and I'm there scribbling notes. I'm old school that way. Yeah, I'm taking notes I, all over I it, love you know. Notes. And um, one of my nieces is a junior down in Champaign. She's pre mad and she, she takes notes all over the place and she's got like colored stickers. Oh, I love it. I'm like, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I think, you know, it's so funny because I think there are some people in the younger generation that make an art out of notes now. Like they have all these like Oh, it's like this beautiful color. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all like these color coded. And I was like, what's the blue one? She goes, oh, that means this and that means this. And I'm like, wow. As I was going through this, I feel like Facebook knew I was going through this. And so they kept serving me up different webinars of motivational speakers and events. And I was such a sucker and I watched a lot of them. And then I'd become and I go into Facebook groups with people who would also be watching the motivational webinars for like people like Tony Robbins and uh-huh. Dean Graciosi. And I've never watched a single one of those. It's, it's ever. It, it, they're good. Some of them, they really I'm are. Sure and it's they like, are. It's, it's stuff they, that, you know, but so the people in the Facebook groups, some of them are like, I watched a webinar. And then they like, I took notes and exactly what you said. Like they'll have this beautiful like two page thing of beautiful notes and there's little drawings and highlights and colors and stars and stickers. And I was like, wow, wow. I don't take notes like that. No, I have I like arrows. Like if you go through your book, I've got like things starred and I've got arrows over here and arrows over there. And But I know. think there, there's been studies that say it like helps um, some people, it helps it stick in their brains if they physically do something with it rather than just yeah read it. But I well totally for me, I, I that's how I used to study all the time. I would write it out. Yes, and I have that's highlighters. Just how I, I have study. highlighters. I had different color highlighters that I would do back in college. But I still I highlight the books I read now and take notes and all of that. Yeah, it sticks better. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. So I think you know we we didn't touch on this, but. You know, one of the things that you talked about, like the different personality and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the di- so I'm a guide. And so your book for me was like perfect because you're sharing all of this knowledge that you learned. And I'm like, yes, that's totally what I want to see. I love it. Yeah. So what is your like somebody off the street or whatever? Why should they read your book? So we talked about stop signs. So yeah. I would say if you feel like you're at a stop sign in life and you don't know what step to take next, this the book would be a great starting place. And I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'm not a researcher. I'm not a PhD. I'm not a therapist. But I am someone who went through it. And so I share a framework of what helped me. And I ask a lot of questions for the readers to answer so that they can find their own way. So hopefully when the next stop sign comes in your life, as it inevitably will, you won't get knocked out as hard. And you'll be able to find joy in the journey and be kinder to yourself and see that it's okay to not be okay and be perfectly imperfect. I think that's great. I think that's great. I think everybody should read it. So 
how can they get in touch with you if somebody wants to like where do they find the book yeah. how do they get in touch with sure. you if they have questions if they've taken all these notes all over it how do people find <laughs> you tracy so I have a website and it's author Tracy Baldwin.com. And so Tracy is just T R A C Y, no E, and Baldwin, like the actor Alec or the <laughs> piano. So author Tracy Baldwin, all one word, dot com. Then I also have an Instagram um, account with that handle. And then uh, the book is on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. I'm trying to get it into local bookstores as well. That's so cool. I will ask my local bookstore if they could carry it. Yes. Because that's, that's what I learned from Rico. If you ask the local bookstores about the book, and if enough people ask, they will start to order it or something like that, right? Yes. 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 That's awesome. Yes. That that's, would be wonderful. Everyone asked their bookstore for my book. Because how awesome would that be if you were walking down the street and you saw your book in the bookstore like window? That I would, would be have, amazing. Like, that would be so great for you. Yeah, I'm still a little like pinch me that I wrote a book and that it could be in a bookstore window, but that would be awesome. Like, it's so great. So thank you so much for taking time and talking with me and doing all this heavy stuff. Like I had a little sniffles there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it was so great. It was and... so great being here and having this real conversation with you. I really appreciate your energy and time oh, thank and you. thoughtfulness and inviting me so thank you for having me you were me. so sweet like so I, I sent her like my kind of flow of the episode and all this stuff and she's like oh my god I'm floored and I was like wow I'm not even sure if this is okay <laughs> it was awesome she's awesome write her a note and tell her how awesome she is because yes, she's awesome website. <laughs> yes so if you are feeling like things might be a little sideways or something I would definitely recommend Life Disrupted by Tracy Baldwin you will not be disappointed So thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you like the episode, please hit the thumbs up, which I realize I don't think you can actually do on most apps that you can hear it on, but I, it's now just in my lexicon. (laughs) It's just not going to go. Just give her a thumbs up. Just give me a thumbs up. (laughs) As you're listening, she will feel the vibe of your thumb being up. Exactly. Tell your friends. um, If you'd like to get a hold of me, my socials are mkylied. My email is fixherup01 at gmail.com. Voicemail is 773-236-1112. And my website is www.fixherup.net. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Tracy, again, for being here on the show with me. I think it's a great show. I think a lot of people will get really great information out of this. So take care. Peach. We'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>